I do remark that I know a bit about what getting that I don't know anything about no. And the village are the All Ireland champions 19 points to 14 Who said they couldn't win it? Hello and a very warm welcome back to the James Stevens podcast with me, Tyke Dunhu. Tonight's podcast is sponsored by DID Electrical, who are fantastic supporters of our club. You can visit their showrooms at Kilkenny Retail Park or visit them online at www.did.ie for all your electrical needs. On tonight's show, we are joined by a village stalwart, Mr. Liam Turrell. A very prom- promising hurler, Liam's career was cut short at a horrific injury at a ripe age of 22. He then channeled all his energy into running the club and become club secretary from 1970 until 1985. He then went on to serve as chairman for 14 years between 1986 and 2000. He is our current club president and has been so since 2016. There isn't one job around this place that Liam hasn't done and it's an honour and a privilege for me to welcome you to tonight's second podcast, Liam. Thank you, Ty. You're very, very Delighted welcome. to be here. Excellent. <laughs> Listen, the, the podcast themselves, Dean, they're, they're a good idea. You're, 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 you're a big fan already. Oh, yeah. I, I, I've heard you doing fans interview there last week on the podcast. I thought it went off very well. Delighted to hear a fan. He was in great form. Vintage fan. <laughs> delighted, delighted. And this podcast idea is fantastic. Yeah, well done a, to you. It's, it's, it's a good idea for, you know, in fairness to the lads to get the idea together and, you know, to, to, to think back and listen yeah. to all of the, all of the memories within the club and of yesteryear. And, and, uh, you know, it's a great opportunity to be able to catch it, isn't it? It is a great opportunity, Tyke. And I suppose it's something we all should remember that, you know, when people pass away, we, we oftentimes forget they have great memories and we don't record them properly. And, uh, we have some stuff all right over the years, but look at all the people that have gone over the last 50 years since, since I started even. And uh, the wonderful memories yeah. we should have recorded, but modern technology is wonderful. So, yeah. thanks to you lads, now we'll be able to record some yeah, of the good, stuff anyway. It's a good opportunity. Listen, speaking of of, of yesteryear, and and uh, I just want to take yourself back. Um, you know, with with yesteryear in mind, what's your early memories of 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 the village club? Well, my early memories, uh, I, I, I wasn't actually born here in the parish tag for a start. I, I was uh, born down in Friary Street in St. Mary's Parish. So my earliest memories uh, coming up here, I was played under 16 with St. Mary's in my own parish. Mm. And uh, I, I was invited up then by the late Billy Lahey, who was a club secretary at the time. I remember him coming down to my father's house in Friary Street and saying, with that young lad, I'd be interested in hurling with the village. Well, there was no future in Mary's. We had no, there was no team other than uh, under 16 in it at the time. Stopped at that stage. Stopped at that stage. And uh, we were, look, Willie Culleton and Billy and the late Andy O'Brien, the two of them, Lord of Mercy and him, they looked after the young lads in the fair green. Right. And, uh, and that's you know, when we used to hurl for St. Mary's. That oh, one that's Green, where we right? did all our hurling. Yeah, yeah, we 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 did all our. Mary's actually won uh, they won two minor championships in the in the fifties. Now I was too young to be on that team, and they won an under sixteen championship in nineteen seventy nine or, or sorry, fifty nine. Right. But I was too young for that. But I remember them hurling there, and there was many a seven aside played in the fair green. It was a great place for tournaments. Right. That was our hurling, our hurling green. That was our field. And all the young lads in the parish hurled up there. Right. The late Paddy Phelan, he was uh, one of Kilkenny's greatest hurlers, DJ's granduncle, Paddy Whalen, yes, he used to yes, call him. Yes, yes. He was a wonderful hurler. He used to bring us off to the matches in the back of the coal truck. <laughs> and we'd be black coming home <laughs> in it. But sure, we didn't care. Black and blue coming home. Black and blue coming <laughs> home. Uh, and black with, with the coal as well. But yeah. uh, that, he'd often drive us up to Tullerone. The whole team would be in the back of the truck. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't get away with it now. <laughs> Health and safety, oh, you know. Sure. Yeah. But, uh, you know, playing with St. Mary's and that, there must have been other fellas that played with St. Mary's that would have went along and played with James Stevens after that, like oh, yourself yeah, as well, too. Yeah. Yeah? Well, Mick Moore. Right, okay. Mick, Mick was St. Mary's man as well, you know. Mick, Mick, uh, Mick was St. Mary's. Jimmy O'Brien was St. Canis's. Really? The, uh, for a former chairman man of the club as well mm-hmm. and uh, the McCormicks were mm-hmm. kind of at that time they came over and the two Morrisseys were, were in St. Mm-hmm. Mary's Parish you know Sean Brennan yeah. you know all them Eddie Talent yeah. Ned Byrne all hurled underage with canises. And they all came into the club. They all after came into the, the club. The after that, now, right? well, that's another as yeah, they okay. say you know how they came to be in the right. club. Okay. There was a lot Tell of work. Tell me about that. 
Yeah, well, you see, uh, when we when I was hurling in the sixties and uh, uh, early sixties, mid sixties, we we hadn't we had a nice team, but we were never we were always middle of the table or lower in the lower end of the table, first round, maybe second round if we were lucky. Uh, go down to Thomastown. That was our home ground every year. Down to Thomastown for the first round. Maybe again Tullerher or playing Freshford above above in in, in Ballyragget. Right. And uh, we had some good hurlers, but we hadn't enough. And it was just in the late sixties then, uh, as I said, after all the underage success we had as well in the sixties. You could see a team forming around nineteen sixty seven, sixty eight. There was a team coming together. You know, you had Georgie and Sox and Flurry and Fisker and all them. But next thing we started to get an influx, and and uh, Dolly Taylor came back from Fookstown right. and and Paddy Larkin, and uh, Fan was back from Airog, and then we had the Morrisseys came to us. The two Morrisseys, that two were two great hurlers, first cousins of mine, and I had a hand in that as well. And uh, Ned Byrne, we got Ned Byrne and Neddy Talent, two great the hurlers. Serious men about, you and know, then those guys come to, cap it, to cap it all, to cap it all, McCrotty, who was away for a few years, came right. home, and I remember the late Billy Lahey one night came up to me and he says, "You, you know McCrotty, sir? I won a minor championship with Crotty in 1963 with St. Canisius." And he said, would you come out to the house? And we'll ask him, would he hurl with us? And we went out and we went into the sitting room and as McCratty said, you're the first ones we're ever allowed into the house in my time, he said. <laughs> and we got, he signed up with the village and no one, there was no other team in the town that time. The borough were gone, he right, said. Okay. The borough weren't there. And Crotty came to us. Look at the man he turned out to be, you know. Yeah, but look at all of the hurdles. But all them came. Yeah, came together. And they were all formed part of the team then in 68 right. and 69. And... Uh, 68, I, I, I was elected captain in 68, it was my last year before I got injured and uh, we were terrible unlucky again right. Freshford, we were terrible unlucky again Freshford and uh, That was uh, the, the fans spoke about that the last day, yeah. that you hit wide after wide, oh, after geez, wide the same we, we, we did everything back. if we had to get him in the park we'd have beaten him yeah. we were young and they were in Ballyragget was it? In Ballyragget and they had they were after winning two championships in the 60s Freshford, mm. you know Sean Buckley and Pa Dillon and you know that they had they had a right good team, Alfie Hickey. They had they had three or four county players, yeah. and uh, they were that got us in Ballyragget, and they were physically stronger. But uh, the following year, we made up for it. Yeah. When we got but you were gone at that particular. I was finished. I, I it was in the se senior football semi final against uh, Clannagale that uh, I came down and uh, I my knee I got cruciate. My cruciates were were fierce, badly damaged. Uh, in the semi-final, even though we beat Clanny Gale the same day by a point. It was a great victory for us, and we were due to meet the rail yard in the final the fortnight after. And the lad sent me up to Bowley Welch, and Bowley uh, was a baker. He was he was involved in training the teams and all, and he, he rubbed me knee with wintergreen and olive oil and a drop of poutine for about two weeks, and I went out and played the county final on it. With the cruciates gone, yeah. and I I, I got but through the know I didn't know, but sure my pace was gone. Yeah. But I didn't know what was wrong, and I tried to keep hurling for another year. And couldn't. every time, I, no, I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. So that finished and, me up. Yeah, uh, the fishing, you know, and it, it's it's a shame when you when you hear about that, and and you know, if it was, you know, with, with the technology that the medics have now, you'd be right as rain after six oh, months. Oh, sure. Look, hurled on and won plenty right, of county final with the village there afterwards. I had two so. operations on my knee out in Kilcreen, and uh, they removed something from my burst or something from my kneecap. And they took out the cartilage and they did everything bar the cruciates right, okay. because no one knew what you a cruciate was. Yeah. I think it was around 1974 when uh, uh, Pat Spillane, I remember reading about him, got cruciates with Kerry right. that he went to Birmingham in England and had an artificial cruciate put in. That was the first time I heard about cruciates. Then I knew what I had, yeah. but yeah. it was too late for me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's an it's a, you know it's an awful story. I'm going to bring you back further again, and you were saying that you you know you came from St Mary's Parish as well too. But I know your 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 dad, uh, Michael Weeks Turl, was very involved in James Stevens as well too. And and you had a good thriving uh, painting business, but your dad had one as well too. And they had the workshop down below on St Patrick Street there, uh, for for many a young year. What's your what's your memories of of of, of that time? Then? Yeah, yeah. Well, I started working at fifteen with my father, so. Right. Uh, I was. We had a workshop right beside Larkins below in the shop. Was that right a workshop or a store? Right? It was a store. Right. Okay. But we cut glass. We had it. We had a, oh. It was a fine big place, you know. Right, we had right. all the store, but it was only a store. We used to keep the van in there, the car in it, and the night. And Larkins were next door, you see. So yeah. 
Uh, my memories of that was there was always a few hurls inside the door painted, and he used, my father used to paint red and green bands around the hurls. Fanna would remember, and Phil, Philly by Philly Larkin. They'd remember Fisker and Flurry, uh, because he used to look after the hurls, you see, and right. if anybody stole one, then you'd know the village markings were on the hurl, you couldn't hide it, you mm-hmm. know. So, uh, but there was, there was always a, a place for, for the chats. The, the Larkins were always in and out, and we'd be in and out of their workshop. And Billy Lahey and Fleep, of course. And, and uh, Billy Connors was a great man to call over looking for a bit of paint, paint an old door or something. My father says, is it growing on trees or what? <laughs> By, he says, you know, go, where to buy it? Yeah. But anyway, we had an open door. The parish priest might drop in now and again, uh, Father, Father Andy uh, and Andy Welsh, or, or uh, the, Christ- the brothers, the De La Salle brothers used to drop in coming home from school. Brother Christopher, he was a Kerry man. Down a massive chat. interest in hurling. Fierce, all the, all the time about hurling. Yeah, not, not that we had a huge uh, winning team or anything, but it was hurling that, yeah. that we're all interested in, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Great memories. Ah, they were great memories. Yeah. It was always busy. If my father went in for a bit of paint, he'd only have the door open when there'd be someone in for a chat, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a great way. But, you, you know, the business was centred around, you know, the, 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 the parish, I suppose, yes. and, and you, you painted many houses within the parish and got to know everybody within the parish too, as well too. But there's something written down here too as well and about the business, and there, I don't know where it comes from, but it was uh, whistling in the churches. Yeah, yeah. Now, Liam, that's the first I've heard of that, but you may, you may tell me, it's bringing a smile to your smile, you may I tell did. me a little bit about that. Well, I'll tell you, Ty, we didn't alone whistle in the church, we sang in the church. <laughs> and I don't, I, there weren't hymns we were singing either, right, Okay, go ahead. We had, a, we had a crew at that time. My father had a business, as you said there, and Sean Turtle served his time with him, his first cousin, Billy Turl, his brother, that's Jackie's grandfather, yeah. Lou McCarty, another village herder, Eamon Hogan, who was a first cousin of mine, Fan's wife's brother, right. and they were all great singers, oh. every one of them. So, you know, naturally when, when we'd be painting the churches or whatever, there wouldn't be, uh, the Blessed Sacrament wouldn't be in the church or anything, the, the priest would have it removed. So the boys would start to sing song, and they had to start maybe a half nine in the morning or half eight, and Everyone would have a turn. So it was a noble call. <laughs> and the sing song going on competition, there. Competition, eh? Yeah, competition, yeah. yeah. And there were great times, you yeah. know. And uh, there, was, there was always a, a bit of crack, right, of you know. And things weren't taken too serious, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Whereas as the years went on, then the paint became more serious. <laughs> money money, money yeah. got bigger and yeah. the lads had to work harder, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. But there were great times. Fun I have memories. great memories of them, Fun you know. Memories. Listen, I want to take you uh, back again as well too, uh, Liam. You know, at 22 years of age, you just spoke about your injury. And, uh, you know, an awful time, f- you know, and uh, look at, I'm going to say straight up, I had an injury as well too, way back. Mm-hmm. Uh, we won't talk about that, but, uh, you know, I kind of went away from the game for a while. I was mm-hmm. so disappointed that I didn't go to a match, I'd say, for maybe three or four years. But you you got really, really involved in the club then after that, Liam. You know, at 22 mm-hmm. Um, how did that come about? How did you get so involved in the administration at such a young early age? Yeah, yeah, I, w- I was really uh, down, like you're, you, you know about it, Tiger. Yeah. I was heartbroken. Uh, having played, I was playing Gaelic football, hurling, basketball, everything. I was involved in all sports. And uh, with a great crowd of lads as well, you know, which I really missed. But uh, I suppose what got me involved, the, the man that got me involved, and I was working with him, was Sean Tyrrell. Right. Sean's influence on me was unbelievable. I mean, I was going through a really bad time, and uh, Sean said to me one day, "You know, would you, would you, I was on the committee actually. I, I was, I had been involved in the committee since 1966, anyway, and I was involved. I used to go to the meetings and all. But Sean said, "Look at Christie is retired next year as secretary." Right. He says in 1970, this was now two years after, and he said, "Would you go for the job?" And I, I sure, I wasn't a secretary in any shape or form. I had never even dreamt of it. And uh, uh, eventually they got hunted me to go, so I, I said I would. I'd let me name forward. And what made me go was Bill Cody was after taking over the chair the year before from Philip Larkin. Philip, unfortunately, Lord Mercy and him died suddenly right. in 1969 at, at the championship game against Comer. And Bill was after taking over. And I suppose we were two new people in the job. Okay. And there was a great interest in the club that time. We were having great success underage. And uh, it was a, it was a bit challenging time, but and then we were after winning the '69, so it was an, it was a it filled the void for me. Yeah. It filled the gap, you know. And I was delighted to take up the challenge. 
I know a better man to be able to do it too, Liam, <laughs> I, I, I can tell you that. You're after mentioning two, two names there, and I wanted to go into uh, talk about these guys with you tonight anyway. You mentioned Sean Tyrrell there, of course, and, and, and Bill, uh, Bill Cody, of course, um, um, and also Georgie Lahey as well, too. You know, there's an awful lot said around this club over the years um, about the great work that they did in the 60s and bringing everybody in and bringing the whole thing together. And I know you're involved as well, too, Liam. Talk to me about those three individual men and what they did for the club around here, will you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Bill, Bill Cody. I remember when Bill got involved early 60s. Now, I was hurling at the time, and I didn't realise how much work he was doing underage. But when I was, we say, I hurled senior at 1963, I was only 16 and a half. Primarily because we hadn't enough people in the club around hurling. You know, I had to play senior. Patsy Dowan was the same, so was Mick Lay. We all hurled senior, young, 17 years of age, we were hurling senior. But uh, Bill Cody, uh, when he got involved, his, he had a young family and they were going to De La Salle. And Bill, the school was having a bit of success as well. And Bill saw the underage lads, young lads coming through the school. And he knew they were going to be hurling and they wanted to be hurling. And he, he got involved in the club and Himself and Georgie got together. That Georgie had a love of the young. It was great with kids as well. Even though he was hurling himself, he got he got involved with Bill and uh, the two of them just roped in all the young lads in the parish. They went around to the houses in the cars. They just had that way about them as well too. They had a great way with children, with kids. Yeah. And Bill was a wonderful family man. He knew every family in the parish. You know, he was involved with the real life insurance. You say. Teddy Grace is another. And they were great people. They knew every par- every parent as well, which was wonderful. And yeah. people trusted him. And Georgie was Georgie knew everyone. Sure, Georgie, Georgie, Georgie. Knew, Georgie was Georgie. He knew yeah. everyone in the parish as well. But the, between them, they roped in. So we we got to. It was six minor county finals from nineteen sixty five to nineteen seventy seventy one. I think was it. Six minor county finals. We contested six under twenty one county finals. We went. We won numerous under sixteen titles. And you know, up to that. We had won one, I think 1956 we won a minor title, but there was nothing coming. But the lads could see the... And they just roped every young lad in the parish. And, and of course, there was a great interest in it because success breeds success as well. Oh, too, sure, look it. was coming. Up. Sleep Larkin and Billy Lahey were only delighted to see the lads coming in because they were looking after the older lads in the club for all their life. And a bit of success was great. It gave everyone a lift. And we were all... Sean Turl, of course, was, was there for years since the 50s. Mm. And Sean was thrilled. Sean got involved then with the seniors as well. He was a senior selector in 69 and 70. And uh, anyone that was in the club that time was thrilled to see all the underage success coming. And then it came through eventually into the 70s. Sure. We right. had a wonderful era. Yeah, an unbelievable era in the 70s. Yeah. But I, I, I want to hold you there before we go into the 70s as well too. You know, you, you became secretary then. Uh, after Christie, then in 1970, I think you said it was. Yeah. And um, you know, where were the meetings even at the club at that particular point? Because this wasn't here. The club was no, not here no, at that no. particular point in time. No, no, we had no club rooms and we had no field. We had uh, our club. Our club meetings were always held down in the band room, right. where the band practiced. They were opposite, so opposite the village in Coots Lane. There, that's, that's right, right there. up Coots Lane. And that's where our meetings were. And we actually held a few meetings over the years down in the Bides Club, which is gone now. There's houses down there. That's down at the top of Patrick Street. It was the old school house. We held the meetings in there. And I remember... Would, be, one, would there be many at them meetings now? Or would you, you know? uh, yeah, well, I, I remember uh, we'd say you'd have about 10, 10 or 12. I had Lou McCarthy, Mickey Dunn. I remember Jack Lahey, Ned Larkin. Uh, Paddy, Paddy Foley used to come to the meetings that time. Uh, his son Junior Foley played football with us and that. The Foley's were great band men and they were great club people as well. And they were related to a, a lot. They're all interrelated up here anyway. But, uh, they were great. Yeah, we had, we had the meetings. They used to have a big pot-bellied stove below in the band room in the winter and we'd, 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 Ned Larkin would have it light in there in the nights when we come in. And, uh, yeah, but no, there was no, we had no set place now. The band room, the band accommodated us. There was a great affinity between the band and the hurling club. Yeah. Because all the Larkins and all played in the band and the Brennans and, you know, there was great, yeah. the band and the, and the club were kind of united all, all through the years, linked. And we probably don't, 
give enough credit to the band, what the band meant to, the, to this parish as well. Maybe we should do a podcast there's, about that There is a fantastic history with yeah. our St. Patrick's band. And Mick and myself were just talking, and Mick Moore were, we were really talking that we should do up a history. There is a history of it, I know, but the, between the club and the band, yeah. there was a fantastic... The good uh, stories there too. Great yeah, stories. Sure, you know. Great people yeah. in the band that time, yeah. you know. But okay, well, they talk to you when you, when you became close, actually, or you, you know, you settled in. What were the challenges that, uh, for the club, for you at that particular point in time? Well, the first challenge I got, I remember... Flying me, in the Hurling, uh, Hurling stage. Well, my me, me first AGM, I remember the, one, the big thing that came up was the ban. Okay. And we had the ban. There was a ban to tie that time on anyone going to foreign games or playing foreign games or going to foreign dances or anything. By foreign, that mean anything Englified, anything that would interfere with Gaelic games or culture you'd be suspended for three or six months. And there was vigilantes appointed by the county board. That means people going around to the soccer matches. If you were f- seen playing soccer out in the Comer Road and you were reported, you, could be, you, were, you were six months span, a six months span. I from remember the GA, all GA from the, all GA activities. I remember the great Tom Cheesty of Watford was banned for going to a rugby dance because his best friend was on the rugby team and he got six months suspension. They made an example of him. But uh, we held a meeting that year Every club was asked to vote on the ban. And we had to book the clubhouse hotel for it. And Bill Cody was in the chair and I was secretary. And uh, all the older members wanted to keep the ban. And all the younger lads wanted to get rid of it. But there was a big push on to get rid of it. It, ha- it had been pushed a few years before and failed. But this year there was a big push on at uh, Congress. So we had a vote. And it, uh, the meeting went on until about half twelve on, on a Saturday night. Okay. And uh, I remember... The heart that would say the heart charge, the people that grew up with the band couldn't see it going at all. And they've the so, traditionalists, we call the them, traditionalists. Yeah. <laughs> and no harm in that, like it, it yeah. served its purpose, absolutely. Yeah. It served its purpose, but we, we voted it out. All the young lads came, we had about 70 at the meeting. All the young lads came and voted right. it out. So that was the band was voted out of Congress that year in 71. So now you were able to go to a dance as well as play hurling. You could go to a dance, <laughs> you could play soccer. Yeah. I mean, I remember there was a village man, Mickey Dunn. Yeah. Mickey Dunn was a great all-around player and he, uh, he, was, he was picked on the Kilkenny team and he went in and put on the jersey one day to play in a league match and it was taken off him in the dressing room okay. because they told him he, had, he was a soccer player yeah. and he wasn't allowed to play with Kilkenny. But you know, you know. Only a, couple of, a few years after, Ned Byrne, you know what I mean, played yeah. for the James Stevens Kilkenny and, for, and, and won a cap for Ireland as well. That would have been able to happen if the band was no, in play. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's amazing. Oh yeah, uh, there were some great dual players, you mm. see. Yeah. Jewel players. It, ha- it happened at uh, Liam Brady, I believe, in Dublin as well. He was playing I- Irish international soccer underage, and he was playing with his school, the hurling. And the brothers actually threw him out of the school because he was playing soccer so, at international level. Yeah. And he said, "Good luck to you." Well, the Christian brothers that time were fierce Republicans. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you didn't play hurling or football, you were you were you weren't yeah. a good boy. You know, and that was the time it was in it as well too. But you know, uh, then coming into the seventies, and you know, you you. you you were secretary for 14 or 15 years, I think, Liam, all together up until 86. So that's 16 years of secretary, 16, a long time. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, as I said, you used to have the, the meetings. Um, um, was the pitch here at that, at that particular point in time? It was here, I think, in, in the oh, the pitch was the pitch was here. When was it purchased, Liam? The pitch was here, Tyke, since uh, 1901, we'll say. Back, back in, you know, that long. But I remember Paddy, or, or fan saying, and sorry cutting across you, there, yeah, but fan saying no. over there that his, his, his dad, Paddy, in the 30s and 40s, uh, they used to go around and have to rent a field. That's right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it, it went out of use. It was used for uh, uh, county finals here, for four or five county finals from 1901 to really? 1906. The county board were going to purchase it at one stage okay. as the county grounds, right. just before we got in Oland Park. Yeah. And James's Park was in use, and, and this field here was used for county finals. There was an All Ireland football semi final played here, here in 1902 or three, yeah. Yeah, or it was, it was a county grounds. I, I think it was Wexford, and I'm not sure who the other county were now. It was a semi final anyway, an All Ireland semi final. Yeah, an All Ireland semi final, yeah. So, I mean, we, we it was, but then during, as you said, the 40s and 50s, it wasn't used as a hurling pitch. It went out of use. In the 50s, it came back again into, into use. It was owned by Stallards, right. a local family, okay. and they allowed the, the club to use it. And uh, there was a big move on in, in the 50s to clear up the field. Dan, Dan Gorey, Lord of Mercy, and, and people came in with their tractors, voluntary work, and levelled all the pitch 
and they pushed it all up along into a bank. Some people said they took the bits of the clay off of it, but look at that pitch oh, out that there, it's still there. But there was a big ditch all along the side of the road and trees that we moved out of it afterwards. But uh, they put a new basketball pitch there in the 50s as well. And it became a kind of a our, our regular training ground. But there was no dressing rooms or anything. We didn't get to own it to answer your question until, I think it was 1973. Right. But it was always a dream of... Billy Lahey and Fleep and my father and Charter and all those people that were involved in the club, Jack Lahey, they always wanted to buy the field at some stage, but there was no money in it. So, luckily enough, the, the corporation the club, bought it. The club it. had no money. That's the club had no money. money. Yeah, okay. Sure, James, they hadn't money to buy a hurls even yeah. or a hurling ball, sure. We used to train, you'd have one hurling ball between 10 of you, and yeah. if you lost it, the training session was over. Yeah. That's it, if it went into the ditch up there, you know. So funds were, were raised in, the, in, in 72 and 73 to, to, to buy the pitch, and you were involved in that. I was. Door to door, I think. We did. I, I remember one of the, we divided up the parish into sections, and uh, I remember Bill Cody myself started at the top of Patrick Street and uh, on, the, on, on, on the Armand Road, and we went out to Castle Lynch. We did every house. It took us t- three weeks because some nights you'd have to go back, you'd, you'd call and they'd say, we'd have a good chat for a half an hour, and then you'd say, would you come back tomorrow night, we'll have a few bob for you. But we, we, did, we did that, it took us three weeks, and I remember getting a fiver in one house, and uh, Jesus, the fiver back in 1970, one. 71, 72 was unbelievable, and you might get two and six, and you might get two shillings off of some people. But, but they we, gave what they could, though. But everyone, there was a good few people now involved in the, in the collection at the time, you know, and uh, we all we all did our uh, did our bit, and we came back with I think it was over fifteen hundred pounds we collected. Now I know the corporation had put a price on the field at the time of two thousand two three hundred and thirty six pound. That's what it was for the exact for five five acres. And Jesus, uh, we got the money together anyway. We got it passed by the corporation, and we bought the field. Sure, it was great. Oh, it was Celebrations. Great. Oh, Jesus. I mean, the older members of the club were thrilled. Absolutely thrilled. They were too. thrilled to see that progress. And then we bought the section down by the wall there, the far side, by Val Valois' house. Yeah. We bought that section after. Uh, uh, we paid 10000 for that. And then we bought the Bilalis. Right. We used to lease them, but yeah. we bought them eventually, back another 10 years after. after that, so yeah. then we, we rounded it all off, you yeah. know. Yeah. But uh, it, it, was, it was great. It was a while before we got our first clubhouse, though. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I was just about to go into that there, and, you know, there was the field, and Fan was talking about, about um, you know, uh, talking out in the early, in the late 60s and, and early 70s over there by the, by, by the basketball up against the ditch and up against the wall. Yeah. So I think, if, 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 I'm, if I'm right, the first kind of building premises were here were prefabs, and, and they were got from, yeah. I think, from the brothers or something. It was the De La Salle okay. brothers, yeah. I think it was Brother Kieran was down there at that time. Brother Casinas. Or Casinas, Casinas, that's right. Yeah, he was the principal. And, uh, yeah, we were lucky enough, one of the prefabs was gone, and, jeez, we got it for a very minimal sum anyway. And the late Billy Brennan, or the mercy on him, Billy, and uh, I think it was Bobby Madigan's tractor we got in there, Mickey Coslaw. We got a right voluntary crowd, and we took the whole thing apart anyway. Sean Brennan, any lad that could swing a hammer or a sledgehammer or whatever, took it all apart. And I remember the tractor coming up on the back of the tractor here, and we had cleared the site here for it. And just was great excitement, you know. We had no place to tug out. We used to tug out up under the trees above yeah. it, Dr. Richardson's there, in the ditch, and, and put your claws into a plastic bag when you'd be training. But up to that then. But now we had the prefab. We got it all up. Everyone pulled their weight. Everyone put in the voluntary work into it. You paid the degree. Ah, should we all pay it? I did, <laughs> I did. Myself and Muggers uh, uh, and Sean Brennan and Sean Turlume, anyone who was able to swing a brush got, got involved in the painting. But and what was uh, in the prefab? What was there? Oh, yes, we had a great, we, 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 had, uh, we, had, we had showers. Right. We put showers in it. We had a meeting room. There was a corridor. We had two dressing rooms. And then you went down and we had a bit of a bar. Yeah. It was the first bar, 1976, we opened the bar. The first bar, I think, uh, it was certainly the first club to have a bar in Kilkenny. Well, without, without yeah, doubt. You know, but, yeah. but, you know, that was the start of it, you know. Oh, it was. You put a small little bar down, and I, and I vaguely small. remember that. Yes, we had some great, the night, I think it was the night we won the 75. Now, had we had for 75? No, we had the 76. 
it must have been it must have been eighty two. Yeah. It was afterwards, but that uh, we had a few great celebrations yeah, in it. Sure. But you couldn't swing a cat in it, you yeah, know. Yeah. But by God, you used to, to try and get up for a drink in it. Even <laughs> you'd have to beat your way up to yeah, the bar yeah. and make lahi, and, and he'd have about six lads in behind him throwing out drink to the lads. But there was great sing songs and all, you yeah. know. It was great. It was a great starter for us. So we thought we were great, you know. Yeah. And then and eventually we developed, you know. But to develop from from. Um, from the prefabs, I think there was a fire day. Am I, am I right? There was a fire in '78. Right. Uh, it was a blessing in a way. Really? I mean, and you know where the fire started was down at the end of the free. We got a second prefab afterwards. I meant to say that to you. A second prefab in addition to the bar, and it was a kind of a function room. We had a pool table and we used to play cards. And this night there was a card game, and I know I was involved in the card game because the fire chief pointed out after the, the table that the fire started at. Yeah. And there was one lad smoking a pipe, I had I know who he was, I won't mention his name, another lad smoking a cigar, and another <laughs> lad was smoking a cigarette. And one of them started the fire, <laughs> and I was one of them. Right. But I, wasn't, I, don't, I don't think it was one of them that started the fire. But, anyway, but uh, the fire was a blessing because the insurance money we got, right. we built a beautiful extension below, down on the far end of it, in concrete. Billy, Brennan and Sean, they built it extended down towards the ball alley in concrete. It was the first solid... Uh, we were here to stay. And that was our new bar. That was our new bar, you yeah. know. And uh, Niall Morrissey worked on, on, on... That was a big room, big function room we had. Niall Morrissey worked on the bar then afterwards. Niall was foreman over another extension that we built in 82, you know. So we had, we had, we had a lot of different bits and pieces, but that fire gave us the money to start <laughs> the whole thing. You know? uh-huh. So it was a blessing in disguise. But you know... I know. So I always pay I your insurance. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know your insurance and all the rest. Of it, but you know, you're after going through very, very quickly there. Twelve years of you being secretary of the club and and and, and the things that had happened in it as well too. You know, uh, and and Bill was Bill Cody was chairman at the time. You you you, you developed a very close relationship and and, and friendship with, with, with Bill, didn't you? Ah, uh, look, at, uh, I was I was very very lucky because <laughs> as secretary, to be working with Bill Cody was a was a an honour and a privilege. Bill Cody had a way with people, and I suppose he was there for what my term was 15, 16 years. And I, I, I learned so much of how to deal with people with Bill Cody. I think that was his, his strongest. He, he, had a, he had a lovely manner about him, but he had a great strong, he was a strong man in his own way, but he had a lovely way of dealing with people. And, uh, you know, we had probably the most successful era it was the most successful year in the club's history during Bill's period. Ah, the greatest club team of all time, of my time era, was it Jordan Bill Cody's era, yeah, you know, yeah. in the mid-70s. Yeah. There's no one can compare with it, in my memory anyway. And, uh, but uh, I, I, I loved working with Bill, and Bill would ring you any hour of the day or night if he was worried about something, you know. He was so conscientious if he thought a player wasn't notified or if such a thing was wrong or whatever it was. But uh, there was always meticulous planning. Memories of Bill. Uh, I remember always before a county or minor or senior finals, any of the finals, Bill had come into the dressing room and uh, just before the break-up, Bill had asked to say a few words, you know, after the team talk. And uh, he'd make an impassioned plea to all the players to make huge commitment. And he'd always give an example. There was a match in the 69 county championship we played Bennis Bridge in, in the second round and he'd always give an example of Fisker Brennan Fisker running after John Kinchley down the field about 80 yards Fisker used to play in the forwards and he hooked John Kinchley just to go on for a vital score and he'd always say never give up never give up no matter what and he'd, and he'd go out of that dressing room, he'd be happy then, he'd, he'd, he'd have given everything, you know, himself, himself first, and he'd yeah. want the players to do the same, yeah, you know. Yeah. But that was the type of spirit he instilled in all the teams he was involved with, and, you and know. And the lads would listen to him. Oh, know. Jesus, lads, yeah. be, you could hear a pin drop in yeah. the dressing room, yeah, He commanded great respect, as you Great say, respect, Ty. Not yeah. only within this club, but all over as well. All too. over, all over. Country, you know? And George and himself were great friends together as well, you know, yeah. working together as a team all the time. There was great communication. That's right. Would Bill be a, sele- a, a, a selector on those teams as well too? Oh, he was. He was, a, he was a selector on all the teams and he was a county selector, minor and senior selector in 1970 as yeah. well. Okay. But uh, he didn't, he did, it wouldn't be his forte, you know, Bill as such, even though he got involved in that end of it. The club was his, he wanted to, to drive the club on and he, he instilled that in us all. Like, you know, anyone worked with Bill Cody, you had a work ethic 
or you didn't survive. Everybody had to pull their weight. And he was a great man to round up good people around him. He got a great team of people, you know. Just we had a we had a great committee, yeah, a very strong committee, you know. And, and well, the uh, committee there that was together uh, around that time was had great vision as well too, as regards where they wanted to bring the club as well too. Well, that's true, hey, yeah. Most of them had sons playing with us as well, you know. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, mean, I don't want to go down mentioning names because most of them are dead now. But yeah. I mean, yeah. you could. We had a ladies' committee in this club that time through the seventies and eighties. They were unbelievable. They were great. Oh, fun, fantastic, and the spirit. And we'd always have a great crack after the matches. The women would feed all the lads upstairs, the two teams, and to come down to the bar then and have a drink afterwards. And you well, know, well, great you memories. Know, you talk about the ladies' commi- uh, committee at that time, and it, it sounds like that you know they were there to. To, to feed the guys, they really enjoyed themselves around here too. They had great yeah. times, you know. John yeah, Cody yeah. Right. in the in the I remember John and her ladies committee and yeah. all the ladies used to work with them, uh, Kathy Millay and, and, and Theresa Mullen and, and I know, yeah, Mary Smith, Lord with her, and they really developed a, a good camaraderie around the club. As well. it's great to get the mention in fairness to you, Liam, as well. Too. Ah, sure. Look at I, I remember them all about. We, we we used to love the the crack after the they come down and we'd have a good old laugh and as you said, Ty, they'd enjoy that. It was a social event yeah, for them as well. Yeah. Get them out of the house <laughs> for the night, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of social events as well, too, and somebody uh, told told me to ask you and remind you of this, and and, and uh, two things I want to ask you about. One is in the late seventies as well too. There was a, a trip to New York, and uh, f- from the club, you went to uh, the Gaelic grounds in, in in New York, I think. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. We went to a lot of places in New York. To, uh, <laughs> How did that come about? You know, come but about? you know, I, 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 unfortunately, I don't remember. But ah, yeah. I hear great stories about it. You know? Well, well, we were sitting here one night having a pint in, on a Monday night after the meeting in, in the prefab, and uh, I think it was Val Malone, Mickey Taylor, Mick Moore, and myself sat down, and I don't know what brought New York up. I suppose we had friends in New York, but we said, "Jesus, lads, wouldn't a trip to New York be great?" <laughs> And you know, think big anyway. We were thinking big, <laughs> and no Kilkenny club had ever done it before, and very few clubs from Ireland had done it. But uh, we said we'd, we'd, we'd go into a little more depth, so we, we, we had a chat. So we decided to set up a savings club. And you know, we let word out, and we got a great response. And uh, we saved up for 12 months, and we went to Tommy Manning, and we got prices. And Tommy actually came on the trip with us as well, which made it even better. And, uh, you knew we were getting value then. We got value, <laughs> and we ended up with about 77 people. I think it was 76 or 77 people coming. There was Brother brother Seraphin from the Friary even came with us. There's a great photo down below on the lanes, I think it is. Uh, you know, the picture of everybody before they got onto the, the group. Down the the group. Street, you know, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we had a great trip. We had a great group. We left here in October 1978, and... Uh, I remember my wife couldn't go up. She was only after having a baby. Grainne was only after being born. And uh, Val, Val Malone couldn't go. Poor old Olive Lord of him had fallen and broken her wrist the week before and he had to cancel the trip and he was one of the organisers. But uh, yeah, and we were stuck for a team. There was a lads, few lads pulled out coming up to it. And I remember ringing my brother, Tony. He was only 19 at the time in Dublin. He was serving his time in, in the accountancy business. And luckily enough, he was working for his brother-in-law. And he came at the last minute, and we got Tom Madigan abroad, Bobby Madigan's son, to come to make up the 15 hurlers. So, geez, we had, we, we had three matches arranged in New York. Right. We had a match in... Uh, the first match was against the, Ross, the, the uh, Connacht Club champions, Tremaine of Roscommon. Okay. And we played them the, about two days after we came back, after we arrived in New York. And we were absolutely putrid. We, we scraped over and be a few pints. And we went down to Mortlachie's afterwards, down to the Bronx. And we met all the Kilkenny uh, crowd, all the Doherty's and Dave DeLucre. And they were all there in the, uh, in the pub. And they said, Jesus, what kind of a team did you bring over? You're shite. You're useless. <laughs> this great village says, team. The, the village, the New York All-Stars will make shitey, you know. <laughs> Excuse the language. But anyway, I said, look at, look at, we're all fucking, we were all jet-lagged and hung over, you know. So we were all out the night before, you know. We, anyway. The following Sunday in Gaelic Park, we went up to play the, the New York team. And they were, they were a good team. But by God, we were ready for them. Oh, jeez, we, we, we had a great game against them. And the boys put in a mighty effort now. And won it. Oh, we won it. Yeah. Oh, we won, we won, we won it. And uh, uh, I remember Mick Lahey had been out a bit late with his brother Mort the night before. And Mick was our star full forward, of course. And uh, he got sick. And I remember him on the line, and I gave him a few shugs, and a few. I said, "Mick, get back in!" I said, "We only have, we have no subs. We only had the fourteen on the field." Just he went back in and scored a great goal about five minutes after, and uh, we won it. And Mick Taylor, Mick Taylor, uh, 
was on fire over there. Sean Brennan was captain out there in New York. We collected three trophies in Gaelic Park. Yeah, we, we met a mixture of, we played our third match then was a mixture of, uh, of, uh, Kilkenny and New York players together. And we won that as well. But how, long, how long were you out there for in total? A week or I think it was about 14 days. Right, okay. Oh, jeez, we were, we and went. Did you stay in, in houses over there? No, or did you no. stay in hotels or you lived the life? Or we what stayed in the Piccadilly Hotel right. on Broadway. Okay. I'll tell you, you couldn't get, uh, right in the centre of Broadway. By jeez, we got in more shows into it. We went to shows. We went. We went everywhere. Well, uh, John Byrne. We met. We went to the city hall, and we met um, the assistant mayor of New York, the mayor de Cicero, and we presented him with a hurdle from the village, a, a ball, <laughs> and a history of the village hurling club. So, Billy <laughs> Brennan. Billy Brennan, our vice chairman, did the honours, and uh, Lou McCarthy myself and Mick Moore went with them, and we, uh, it was all arranged by uh, uh, Judge James Comfort. Right. Who was out there at the time? He was, and his his niece was with us, Betty. She was with us, and uh, she arranged it. And John Byrne, of course, was an editor of the Irish Echo in New York. He was our guide all over that trip. So got the red carpet. All we had, we, we 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 were there while the New York Yankees actually. There was a ticker tape parade down down New, <laughs> through New York, and we went with it. We were there for that. We saw more stuff, and of course, the regular thing was to end up down in uh, in. Uh, What's the guy called that guy that owned Gaelic Park? He was a Kerry man. We used to go down to his place every night for a few drinks. And uh, John Cullen and Mickey Coslow would have arm wrestling on the bar. Oh, my <laughs> God, almighty. Some crack. It was some crack yeah. in the sing song. But we, inv- we went to Washington then as well, uh, Tyg, and uh, we had two days in Washington. We took over Washington for the like night. <laughs> oh, my it God. It sounds like a, a, a trip of a lifetime. It was you know, unbelievable. Great memories, Dean. A great memories yeah. and a great trip yeah. and a great crowd. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it took me three weeks to recover after when there's, I came home. There's, there's another thing I need to ask about the 70s before we move on into the 80s and more around your, your tra- chairmanship at the club as well too. But uh, there was great tournaments uh, in the 70s and the tournaments held here as well too. And I think there was uh, uh, Carol Cigarettes actually used to sponsor them. And uh, mm. do you remember those tournaments as well too, Liam? And, and there was great camaraderie uh, built up with clubs from Corks and Finbars. Black Rock um, um, and all, and the Glen, of course, you used to come up and down here. Can you can you remember those tournaments as well? Oh yeah, surely. Uh, we, we we were fundraising as usual at the time, Tig. You know, and we were trying to come up with ways of making money. You know, and and uh, that tournament was a great success. Brother Anthony and Father Liam Barron was involved in the early seventies, and uh, we had great contacts. All right, there's no doubt. PJ Carroll came in as a sponsor, which was fantastic. Huge, yeah, yeah huge. But uh, we well, didn't today, by the way. But oh yeah, <laughs> but we, what we did was we got great clubs involved. Right. You know, as you, you mentioned some of them there, the, the Glen and, and the Rockies and uh, Buffers Alley were another great club yeah. to support us. Ratnoor, you know, along with the Forkel Kenny, we had Bennis Bridge and the Fenians and ourselves in the seventies. But there must have been great hurling matches. So if those oh, kind geez. of uh, clubs were coming up here to play and playing those, that's right. Great games. Great you know? games. Yeah. I remember one and particular night, after as well night in Nolan Park. Gus Hennessy was refereeing the Fenians. I think it was the Fenians and Black Rock. And uh, Jesus, the match was a fantastic game. And Gus blew a time up with 10 minutes to go. And uh, we all ran in and said, no, 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 no. Gus, the match is not over. And Gus wouldn't hear of it. He was a, he was a fairly stubborn kind of a lad, you know. But anyway, the match walked off the pitch. <laughs> So, is we got a replay on it. Right. Well, the crowd that turned up for the replay, yeah, course, he made yeah. he made Cardiff a fortune person. for us. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, another one of the finals, we went down to Cork, the Glen. The Glen were playing uh, Rockies, and we we had the final in Cork, right. and we got uh, some 150 pound on the gate, which was huge money at the time. Right. And because uh, that tournament now went on for a good few years, but uh, it was great. We used to look after the teams down in the boys' club below. They'd come in and we'd feed them. I remember one night Tony Dorden was in full flight at the time over in the park and uh, geez, there was a row between himself and, and I think it was Nicky R and I ran in to break it up I was doing the lane and Tony gave me a, 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 just a rub of his elbow <laughs> oh jeez I went back through the fence I said I'd never never try that one again by the way so I said fair use to Brian Cody and Fan they used to hurl at him I don't know how they stood up to that man he was a giant a giant, a giant of a man as well too listen I want, not only were you club secretary at that time but you were also very very involved in the organisation of teams not only underage, but you're also a selector on the on on the on the senior team around the time when we won in nineteen eighty one the county final and then went on to win the the, the, the Club All Ireland in nineteen eighty two. You were selected there. 
I want to talk to you a little bit about the memories that you have of that particular point in team and the organisation of it and, and you know, the preparation that you used to put in to bring the teams you know, to win the county final and eventually yeah. to go on and win the All-Ireland. Yeah, 81 was a, was a good year for me and a good year for the club. And uh, especially when we, 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 we beat our old rivals, the, the Fenians, in the yeah. county final. But I remember the start of the 81, uh, Mick Lahey and myself and Brian, Brian Cody were the three selectors elected at the AGM. And we decided to train early February, which was unusual. We started with having, and we, we roped in Mick, Mickey Flynn. Mickey Flynn at that time was a, was a, a PE man down at the CBS. And Mickey got the CBS gym for us. It was a new gym in the CBS. And we did about six weeks preparation in the, in, in the gym. And, uh, it was kind of a new training for, for all our guys, but none of us, none of us had done it before. And it worked out fantastic. And we got Noel Skane involved then for the hurling when the hurling season started. But I remember we were beaten in the first game out in Freshford. We were beaten and, uh, in Ballyragget against Freshford. We lost to be a pint. Very disappointed. But as the year went on then, we, we built up a bit of confidence and, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it turned out a great year, sure, afterwards, 80, 81. We, uh, we had, we had, a, as I said to you, we met the Fenians in the county final and, uh, we had, we had beaten Shamrocks during the championship, which gave us a great boost because they were a bogey team, you know. Yeah. But they got to the semi final and the Fenians beat them in the semi final. And we got through in the other semi final. Who was this? We'd beaten the other semi final now. I can't remember who it was. Muckalee. Right. We bit Muckalee, actually. We were down at half time in the match. I and mean, I remember we brought on Donny Collins. Donny was after joining the club. And uh, Donny had won three club All-Irons in Cork now with Black Rock. And he joined our club in 81. And we brought him on and he had a storming stick in half. I remember, changed the game, kind of. Played intelligent hurling. He had a lovely touch. And uh, we bit him. They were in the county final the year before as well now, Muckley. And yeah. won one in a couple of years after. So we got over that. And we were fairly confident going into the final then. But uh, yeah, the county final turned out to be a great match. But there were at times, yeah. the Fiends were tough. But the turning point to my mind came when Mick Crotty grabbed the ball out of the air with about 12 or 15 minutes to go and buried it in the net. And that put a bit of daylight between us, you know. Yeah. And uh, we won, we won we it. Pushed on and won it. We pushed on and won it. And we went on then and we had a great Leinster campaign. We, we, we had the, the, the 81 Leinster campaign. We, we, uh, we, we went through Leinster... Fairly well, yeah. We we uh, was it uh, Fate Harriers? No, what did I say? Who we beat? No, we well, I know we beat Mount Zion in the club all Ireland yeah, anyway. Right. Jim Turles, Green, yeah. Jim Green, and and, and um, talked about Pat the, the, the match. It was over in Turles. I remember that well myself. It was in Turles, yeah. And, and uh, it was against Mount Zion, and and uh, you know the pressure was on because we had won one, we had won an all Ireland before. But having yeah. said that. We still wanted to win this one as well too. We and Mount Saint were, were handy enough, and of course we had a James Stevens man playing for Mount Saint. That oh, yeah. That's uh, right. Um, and um, you know, so your memory of that game over in Torlis, you know, yeah, uh, it was it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, uh, memory of that game was it was a, f- a funny kind of game from our point of view. We we had a, we had a very good team, but so had Mount Saint. Uh, as you said, I had, I had Terry. Pat, Pat McGrath, uh, 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 and uh, Terry Terry Butler who yeah. had left the club yeah. the year before yeah. and was hurling well now. And Jim Green, of course, was a fantastic hurler. And Pat Ryan, who was another county hurler. But, uh, yeah, we, we, we were, we were there, thereabouts. But, BJ's at one stage in the second half, we found ourselves seven points behind. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was, it was getting very, very serious. And, uh, we were, we were, next thing, I remember Fan coming up the field with a ball and he got it up. And John McCormick got his dick to the end of it. Whatever way it was kind of going wide and he wheeled it around over his head and it went into the net and that turned the game. John scored three goals. Yeah, that day. That's that right day. It was, it was, uh, John will never let you forget yeah. it either. <laughs> but uh, three goals that day and uh, Billy Walton, I remember Billy Walton was our free taker. Billy scored 10 points yeah, from right, yeah. was his, He was 21 that yeah. day. I remember that was his birthday. Yeah. And what a birthday. And Ned Kelly, I remember he played Ned Kelly centre forward that day and he played well. I was delighted with him. Yeah, there was, it was a great match to win, Ty, you know, because being, beating the Munster team again in the final was wonderful, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, great to win another club all Ireland as and well. Everyone behind you again, too. Oh, and of course, great. Uh, you know, after winning that, uh, Brian went on to, to, to Captain Kilkenny the next year in 1982 and Fan was a, was a selector uh, for Kilkenny as well, too. And Kilkenny went on and, uh, uh, I remember Brian saying up in the up in the stand there was a hoodoo about a village man, uh, Captain uh, Kilkenny, never win a win, a, win an All Ireland with a, with a village man in it. But uh, we went on and, and Brian 
bringing uh, Captain Kilkenny and, and brought the, the Lee McCarthy back to the club as well too. That was that was a great time for, 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 for the club, but I am sure uh, Bill was very, very proud at that particular uh, time. That was, uh, I remember uh, tears running down my face that day in Croke Park when I saw Brian taking up that cup. Mm. Uh, yeah, we had listened to it for years from the country team, as we'll say, that no city man had ever captained an All-Ireland winning team, you know. Mm. And for a village man to do it that day, and especially for Brian to do it, you know, Brian had had a tough time with injuries and stuff before that in the late 70s and all. And uh, I, as you said, his father, above all, I, I was a very proud man, but I don't know what way his father must yeah. have felt. But Brian, to see Brian lift that cup that day, every village person that ever walked, I'd say, would have been proud. And uh, it was probably one of the greatest moments in, 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 in my career mm. in the club, you know, to see Brian lifting it. And as well as that, he, he lifted the minor cup as well, of course. He was no stranger to success, you know. So 10 years earlier, in 72, I think he... he in 72, he, he was a minor captain yeah, as well, yeah, right, yeah. 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 Um, just talking about winning minors and, and as well as that, and uh, coming into the 80s there as well too, you know, the club had great success uh, in the 80s after as well too, uh, underage and... I, I remember your involvement in the team, you know, you used to play pivotal roles in encouraging young fellas to hurl around here around that particular point in time. Uh, what's your memories of that team? Yeah, the 80s were very successful. I mean, we, we did everything. The 82, uh, as I said to you, uh, the club all Ireland win, but it took us a while then after that. We didn't think, even though we had loads of success, we won. We started underage success. Yeah. Underage success was great. I mean, uh, we, we, we won a lot of underage titles in the 80s and we won, it brought us into the 90s where we won two under 21s. We won the minor in, a, we won minor in 82. We went, we went on through the 80s winning uh, uh, under 16 titles. We, we say, but we couldn't win the senior. senior. Or whatever happened. It eluded the club for it a long did, time. It did elude yeah. the club and, uh, you know, nobody knew how long it was going to take us to win another senior yeah. at that stage yeah. because we were working hard. Yeah. Like the next senior final we got to was 96 mm. again, Gordon. Yeah. And probably as chairman, that was my biggest disappointment. I probably during my years in the chair yeah. because I, I thought we had a great team. We were after playing in three county, we won 221 county finals, should have won the third one. And we had a great young team. But Gordon were coming as well now. We didn't realise how good Gordon were. They were a bloody... And they contested five county finals yeah, afterwards. Yeah, yeah. So they were strong. But we should have won it the first day, I think. Uh, the referee was very hard on yeah. us. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, as fans said the last day as well too, you know, county finals are not easy won. They're around, not uh, easy uh, won. In Kilkenny, and, and they never will be. But, um, you know, just talking about the underage success, and I, I know you used to put an awful lot of emphasis around failure. Ah, and, the failures, and, and, yeah. the, and the failures that were that were won as well too, and you know we won an awful lot of failures we in this won, club, we, and you we used to be very very proud of that as, as chairman of the club. Yeah. We have the record in failures in this country. We won we won seven failures, and uh, we've we've uh, dictated the, the trend, if you like. Uh, we we showed away, and we were never we were always a first. We had we had we had, we, had, we were the first ones to win the club all Ireland. First Leinster club to win it. We were the first ones to win the Fela. We were the first ones to go to New York. But anyway, <laughs> we, we were never afraid to take a chance. Yeah. But uh, the Fela. What, what was it about, you know, what was the, the, the secret ingredient to around winning the Fela at that particular point in time? I'd say the school below was great, you know. We had a great record in the school. St. Patrick's School was wonderful. I mean, you had Brian Cody teaching the school, Matt Root, yeah. Killy McGlynn, you had uh, Jerry Morton, yeah, or uh, Paul Kinchler. Yeah, yeah. Jerry Morton yeah. was there as well. But you had, you had people in the school driving it. Yeah. And we were picking it up here in the club as well, of course. I mean, but the school had a huge part to play. The school was our nursery all through the years. And then you had the schools around as well. I mean, uh, the CBS were there as well in Cairns College. Yeah. But they were our nursery below the De La Salle. And then there was other great men around here that used to have a great interest, like Val Malone and, 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 and Tom Keane. And right. I actually think the, the, boy, the, the two guys were, were in charge of a team in, in 1980. 1984. I think Brian was on a team in 1984. Brian, you're on someone that would have failed in 1984. He did. He did. He was lucky enough to be on a, a very good team. I mean, it was it was a really good squad that had that 94 team was probably one of the best failure teams ever. You know, you had Shane Egan, John Murray, Paddy O'Brien. They all hurled senior afterwards. A lot of them, but. Uh, yeah, they were, he was lucky enough to be involved with them. And Jackie Churl was on that, sub on that. Jackie won a fail in 96 afterwards as well. But uh, we, we got to uh, the semi-final. We won three county fail titles, 94, 95, 96. 
And 95, we'd be beaten in the semi-final by Drummond Inch, who went on to win it. We should have probably won three in a row that time. Yeah. You know, but we, we did, we concentrated on winning. We had great battles here with the Borough and, and uh, Lachlan's underage in the, in the town here. But uh, that team trounced everything. 94 team trounced everything, yeah. including winning the All-Ireland. Yeah. Up in Limerick, we won it in Limerick, in Mung- Mungrish were our hosts. But, uh, yeah, it was, but they didn't win a minor after yeah. that team. Dunham Magan better in the yeah. final. Yeah. They, they all we'd, were terrible disappointed over that. They won everything under 16 and all, but they never won the minor. Yeah. But, uh, but a few dumb lads came on eventually and did win the senior later on. You well, know they won an under 21 yeah. as yeah. well, Ty. Yeah. We won yeah. an under 21 in 2000. And a lot a big, of them. Big, time, a big I, victory at the time. I often you know, said. Very I, hard won that particular county final. Very hard yeah. one. But I often said maybe losing sometimes is no harm. Yeah. It gave them a kick in the backside and, and they learned, steel. they learned hard, a bit of steel in them after that. And a lot of them remember that loss in the minor final, you know, to an under, underdogs, the Dunhamagan. But, uh, yeah, it worked out better maybe for him in the long run, you know. Yeah. And you were still in the chair then, uh, in, in 1986, as we said, and, and I think you were a selector on the team as well too when, when we were unfortunately beaten in a replay by Gorn, you know what I mean? But, um, yeah. you know, the, the club did, there was a, there was a notable change around here then at that particular point in time. You know, we had a really good established senior team then yeah, and they yeah. kicked on. Now it did take us a long time it to come It took us a while, it. yeah. But, you know, um, you know, we eventually did get up there and we won, won the county championship. Yeah, on, yeah, yeah, well, as I said, in 2000, we won the under 21 again and we won the junior. Yeah. That was so a, we were uh, really massive. strong. We were yeah. really getting stronger, you know. And, and uh, yeah, yeah. When you think about that, Liam, you, you know, know uh, that junior team was particularly good. And and for us here to have a senior and intermediate team at one time was a big, huge undertaking. Yeah. And I remember yourself in in um, in nineteen uh, when we won it in two thousand. Frank Whelan was captain up there. You were absolutely thrilled that day. I as was well, absolutely yeah. thrilled to win a junior championship. I thought we'd never do it. Like we had a great. Uh, inner strength in the club, you know, to, to win under 21 and junior and still have a good senior team. And that junior, by going intermediate, then the following year, it built us up for the next few years. Mm-hmm. And we survived five or six years at intermediate level along with the seniors. And it brought us on to 2004 when we won our senior title eventually, you know. All the foundations were laid. Foundations were laid, yeah. you know, and, and I was happy enough to. Let Jimmy Jimmy took over for me in 2000, 2001, then yeah. Jimmy O'Brien as chairman. Yeah. And uh, thanks be to God we got there because we're beginning to wonder would we ever see another senior title, you know? Yeah, well, that's, uh, look, they were, yeah. As yeah. Yeah. They were hard to win, Ty. Not easy win. Not hard easy to win. win. I want to talk to you a little bit about, uh, you know, you've done unbelievable. I know we didn't win a county final, but we won everything else <laughs> <laughs> around the club at that particular point in time. But look around you here, and we're sitting in the club. Uh, lounge on this bro- on this podcast broadcasting it, and you look around, Liam. You know what I mean. This place is here, and you know you built this up. But I know the club built it up as well too. But you know, under your guidance as well too, uh, it's a it's a it's a fabulous legacy to leave behind as well there as well too, isn't it? Well, look, we're all very proud of it, Tyg, mm-hmm. and we and we have reason to be proud of it because so many people contributed. As I say, we grew from humble roots, from nothing to what we have now, and. Uh, not alone the buildings, but the fields and the progress we've made with the Kells Road development now, and we have large field. And even when we had Nuncio Road there, as small as it was, it served its purpose for 10 or 15 years. How did that come about, Liam, um, the actual Nuncio Road and, and um, the purchase of that particular lovely little gem of a field it was, it served its purpose for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. What, what, what happened there? Well, the nuns, this is the charity owned it. Right. And uh, they, they had the, the orphanage there in front of it. And that was their play area and their garden and whatever at the back of the convent. Right. And uh, we got word around in the early 80s that they were moving. I think it was Noel Ryan said it to us one night, Mick Moore and myself, that he, uh, the nuns were moving out. And that's, there was a bit of ground down there if you're interested now. So we, we got, we got, we met, Mick, Mick had great friends in, in the nuns, you know. One of the Macaninis below, the chemist, was the head woman in the order, right. and uh, Mick Moore was a, a, a neighbour down there. So Mick made contact with her, and uh, we got, when they heard that we were interested, they, apparently they wanted to leave something to the parish when they were moving out, out of town. And uh, we went to them anyway, and uh, there was a, a, a well-known builder interested in the site at the time, and... Uh, but uh, we, we, we let it be known we were interested and they gave us first preference. So we bought it for the princely price of 45000 at the time, Ty, which was 
very, very reasonable. They could have got double that or triple it, I say, from the builder. But uh, they wanted it to remain as a hurling field or a play area for children in right. the parish when they left. And we, we developed it then. We got a, build, we got a developer in from, from South Kilkenny and uh, he developed it. And we spent a lot of money on it, levelling it in the whole lot Lovely and turned it into a nice little things. pitch. Yeah, now, we knew it was never... We, now, actually, we got criticism from some of our own because it was never going to be a full-size pitch. But we were thinking of the underage training yeah. and, and, you know, the camogie and whatever. And, and we needed it because only we needed one pitch at the we time. We needed one yeah. pitch. Yeah. So as it turned out, it was a godsend because not alone did we use it for that many years and it also helped to pay for the yeah. Kells Road eventually when we sold it, when the developer bought it. I was just going to on. naturally move on to around, you know, the development and the Kells Road and how that evolved and where it came from. And, you know, we had so many yeah. uh, teams within the club and the structures were there and we're busting and we were over in St. Kieran's College and the back of the Dallas Island and all over the place there was no focus, central focal point for the young fellas to train in. And I knew that you were very, very involved in, in looking for somewhere um, as regards to Kells Road yes. or, or some place where the village could go on to the next yeah, level. Yeah, yeah. Talk to me about that a little bit, Lee. Yeah, well, you see, for years, we all knew, the committee, our own committee here knew that we, we eventually we'd have to do something. We, and we were sounding out farmers constantly, you know, but mm. we got huge exaggerated prices. Yeah. You know, it was during the Celtic Tiger, Celtic yeah. Tiger years. I mean, one person... Courses two hundred thousand an acre or something like that out there, yeah. which I suppose it nearly paid it eventually. But anyway, Dave, I, I, I want to say something else here. I'll ask you something else before we finish up. You know, you, since two thousand nine, I think you've been a, a delegate of the county board. Uh, you've enjoyed that role, yeah. I love the county board, Tig. Yeah, I, 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 I said I never really wanted the job, but Sean Turl always told me, you know, you do a good job on it if you went to it. Sean was on it for thirty seven years. Wow. And uh, that's unbelievable. Our, uh, unbelievable service to the club. And uh, I remember going over the first night, and I was a bit nervous because you know you're. I was I was I was proud in one way to be representing the village club. I mean, the village club is very highly respected, not alone in Kilkenny but all over the country. But I was proud to be going in. But I was a bit nervous. And uh, I remember Pat Henderson saw me coming in, and Pat had known me from the hurling, and he said to me, "Are you the new delegate?" He said, "I am." I said. He said, you see that chair there? He said, your cousin sat there for 37 years. He <laughs> says, you can sit down in that. <laughs> that was a and a half, so yeah. I, that's where I sit every night for the last uh, 11 or 12 years, where Sean Turley used to sit. And uh, I've said, uh, this is my third chairman now to, to be a county board. There was, I think Ned Quinn was in it when I went in first. Then there was Paul Kinchler. And now we have Jimmy Welsh. Yeah. Oh, it's a lovely job, yeah. meeting all the delegates. I'll tell you what it done, Ty, for me. It gives me an insight into the other clubs, junior clubs, how the struggling they are with numbers right. and how well off we are, really, and we yeah. don't appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Do you know, country clubs have bigger problems. Of course they We're have, always yeah. whinging here about things. But country clubs, when you have small numbers, you really have problems. And they're struggling, you know? yeah. And they're struggling, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Liam, it has been great to chat with you to here this evening and, and uh, everything else too, but I have a couple of other questions that I want to ask you about, you know, uh, for, you know, you give unbelievable commitment to the club and, and, and uh, it's a, it's a, been an honour for you to hear all the stories from you as well too. But a couple of questions though I have for you, 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 you know, your favourite player that ever hurled, that you hurled with along first and then your favourite player that you've seen wearing the, wear, wearing the green and grey to the village and... and, and yeah, it's a bit of an unfair question, but maybe you might answer it anyway. Oh, jeez, Tig, you're putting, <laughs> it, you're putting it up to me now, all right. Well, that I hurled with, my career was short, Tig, as you know. So I'm confined to the 60s, people I hurled with. The stars, or the, the big men on the team when I was a young lad, were Georgie, of course, yeah. Soxton, Flurry, Flurry McCarthy, and Fisker. They were, they were, you know, they were... Superstars. Ah, they were superstars. They were carrying the team mostly. The rest of us were, were, were some of us young and some of us older maybe. But uh, I remember Sammy Kerwin on goal as well. Sammy was a grand little stalwart, you know. And uh, Paddy Turl was still hurling. He was a cousin of Sean's brother when I, when I started. I can't name them all now. But anyway, sorry there for that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, to go to your second question, the greatest player of the, uh, uh, during my term in the, in the club... I, I find it very hard. I, I suppose there was a number of great players in the club, wonderful players. I'd say, uh, you know, I'd have to go back from the present time, yet Owen Larkin, uh, his display in the county final in Super 2011. Stuff. I'll never, ever forget it. I've saw, seen some displays. And another fi county final display was Fan Larkin's in 75 when he was captain. 
scoring a pint. I said, just when we were under under pressure, coming up from full back and scoring a pint from the middle of the field. Didn't tell me that the A last wonderful time. score. But anyway, the, the, the two darkens, <laughs> Brian Cody was an exemplary club man from underage. From the time he was a, ch- a chap, he was always a leader. Fantastic club man all through. Centre back, centre forward, wherever you put him, you'd know what you get out of Brian, 100%. And I'd have to mention an outstanding hurler again, Mick Moore. He gave 30 years on goal. He sure he did. Mick Moore, uh, one, of the, one of the places where you get very little credit. People rem- remember maybe but he loved one, it one bad he loved game. It in the goal, didn't but he? he loved the goal. What mm. a servant to the yeah, village club. Absolutely. Not alone as a hurler, but as an administrator. And, still, and is still there sure after all those years, you know. But uh, there were great years. I'm, I'm leaving out a lot of lads now, you know, out of that. Prisons crowd, but uh, I know Chunky was a particular favourite of yours as well too, wasn't uh, it? Chunky O'Brien's display in the Leinster Club final. Uh, I think it was nineteen seventy six. We played uh, our first club final. No, he played. He played on Padraig Horn in Offaly, and he gave a display. He scored, I think, a ten or eleven points. And I remember talking to Padraig Horn years after, who was a fantastic hurler, mind you. And he said to me, "There's nothing I could do." He said. He was like a will of the wisp, he said. And he said, if it was in a club match in Offaly, he said, I'd hit him down the head, he says. Yeah. But I had too much respect for him. Chunky was a, he was a, an artist, an artist, one of the best, you know. Yeah, and, you know, we had Mick Crotty then, who would always be leader there. He'd lead you when you'd need it. He'd get the goal when you'd want it, you know. But yeah, look, there were so many beautiful hurdles. The McCormick's and the Brennan's, all of, they're all different It's families. a very, very unfair question. It's, an, it's a tough it's a, question. It is, but I have to ask you, yeah, and, and, you know, uh, you're after naming an awful lot of them there, Liam. Listen, thanks again for joining us on the, uh, uh, tonight, Liam. It's been an absolute pleasure for me to talk to you, uh, for sure. Uh, you're never short of a word and you've told some great stories and we'll have to get you in again too because you've a lot more to say. I know I'm going to be staying here for another hour after this is finished talking to you a little bit more about it again. But thanks a million for joining us here tonight. It's been great. And thanks to everyone uh, else for joining us on the James Stephen podcast. Liam, it was a great pleasure for me to chat to you tonight and I'd like to take this opportunity uh, to thank you for everything that you've done for James Stephen's club over the years. I'd also like to thank uh, DAD Electrical for the sponsoring of today's podcast. And remember, go to the showrooms in Kilkenny or visit them online at www.did.ie. You can ta- contact us directly at the James Stevens podcast at gmail.com or all the usual media social channels. Uh, join us then again next week um, for something different. <laughs>